T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It was revealed some days ago that Cheektowaga Police Officer Troy Blackchief is set to go to Chicago to begin the rehabilitative stage of his recovery for at least four weeks, followed by at least nine weeks later when he will return to ECMC to have a cranioplasty done in which a new skull bone will be printed um, with a 3D printer and surgically placed into his head. If you could just first off explain the cranioplasty process and how they go about doing that. First of all, I'm a biomedical engineering. I know how you, you get to that point. The cranioplasty, I think it is more on um, the field of Dr. Levy, uh, where, uh, who does this, uh, this kind of surgeries. So uh, in terms of how you do a patient-specific kind of implant, um, I think uh, the first part it is to get uh, some sort of 3D imaging, which is, can be a CAT scan or an MR scan where people look at the, where the uh, radiologist most likely, or a neuroradiologist looks at the, um, the skull or the part that needs to be uh, uh, done surgery on. Uh, they take the geometry and then uh, they pass it to some sort of, um, um, let's call it like a CAD or computed added design. It's almost like you do for a, uh, an architect that does a design for a building. Uh, this, uh, particular process, you take the geometry of the patient and you develop the part that you're going to replace it, uh, design it, and then you pass it to a 3D printer that will make it exactly to fit the patient uh, geometry once it's done. What kind of materials do yeah. we often see with a procedure done like this? Just to be clear, in the, in the U.S., we are still uh, is not like an FDA uh, fully approved product. Uh, in Europe and South Korea, they are doing this uh, more often, and uh, they are using a lot of uh, um, titanium-based uh, implants. So it's based on a laser sintering approach where uh, you have the printer laying a, uh, a layer of powder of, of the metal, and then they go with a laser and melt it. And they create one layer at a time until the entire piece is created. I suspect it's going to be titanium. That's what I've seen the most uh, being used in patient-specific uh, implants. Understandable. How often effective is a process like this that you've noticed over the years? Well, this is very new. Um, as, as, a, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm working with various uh, investigators from different universities uh, for us to create a workflow in a standard to be used in the, in the hospitals. As of now, uh, you know, for example, for surgery, you have board-certified physicians that do the surgery. For treatment planning and cancer, you have board-certified medical physicists that do the, uh, the uh, planning for the uh, um, radiation therapy machines. For the 3D printing, we're just starting right now. Uh, um, we still need to make the standards and uh, the way that it has to be regulated in order to make these implants to be put in patients. Um, so far, 3D printing uh, is being used successfully for treatment planning, 
uh, like for uh, uh, for cardiac applications or for uh, uh, tumor removal. Mayo Clinic is using a lot uh, uh, this technology, but for implants, we're just starting. And how safe and clean is this procedure for anyone that does need the type of surgery? That's one of the uh, the main uh, the main uh, uh, kind of like delays. We need to make sure that this uh, these procedures are uh, clean and safe uh, for the patients, uh, especially in the type of the materials they are being used. Uh, I think for titanium, it's pretty clear that, uh, and we are used with this kind of material for for a long time. It has been used for implants. Other materials that different 3D printers manufacturers are provided, we still need to uh, to figure it out, and that's why the FDA has not approved it yet. But for humanitarian use, there are cases where this uh, this kind of technology is used uh, at the University of Michigan. They are using for esophageal implants, uh, and uh, they were successful. And as I said, South Korea and uh, and, uh, and European um, uh, centers are kind of leaders into this. They are using it for quite a few years now. And what kind of a recovery process is there typically following this type of surgery? That's something that I think it's uh, in the physician's uh, uh, field. Um, I can comment on the fact that um, I think the 3D printing might be the future because we are moving from one size fits all to something that is customer made for that patient that fits their anatomy. But in terms of the recovery and so forth, uh, that will be probably something like uh, Dr. Levy uh, will be able to answer. And and just in in your opinion, you know, pending a a patient's full recovery with this and maybe the advancements of this kind of technology going forward, do you believe that this kind of 3D skull um, surgery and printing could allow for patients to be able to eventually get back to regular everyday activities when and everything else that they would normally do in their lives before an incident like this? I think it, in the future, the the customization uh, part of it will um, actually help uh, with um, um, making the surgery more like optimal, let's put it that way. There are probably going to be less complications, less rejections, less discomfort for the patients because the part is made to fit that person and that person only. Uh, So, uh, you know, we've seen uh, all the time these problems with the fact that uh, um, the equipment or the devices that we are using, they are coming from a manufacturer, and you are just given a set of discrete sizes that you can use for the patients. What happens when it, it's in between? Well, you make your first, your your best estimation that uh, the smaller, the next smallest or the next largest device is going to make to fit this patient, and it's not always quite right. Uh, so I think with customization by 3D printing and bringing this biomedical engineering uh, technology into the hospital is the way to go in the future. Very good. Dr. Ianita, anything else you care to add to our conversation that maybe we haven't touched base on? The technology has been around for a while. Its application to the hospital or to the, uh, uh, to the surgical suite is relatively new. And uh, there are many professional organizations like Radiology Society of North America, American Board of Radiology, that are working to make this as a standard. We still have a few things to figure out. Um, for example, how what is the workflow in the hospital? 
who's going to be involved at every single step, what kind of training this person is going to have to make sure that uh, the technology is safe. So uh, uh, are we going to need the uh, biomedical engineers that are board certified? Probably, but uh, there's still a, quite a bit of work that we need to, uh, uh, to, ha to do before uh, we have a fully um, developed clinical product. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.